the segue. Welcome to Polygon Cutscene. I'm Susanna Polo. I'm Julia Alexander. And this is a podcast where we talk about the TV, movies, and comics that are shaping and reshaping our culture every day. Today we're talking about the Backstreet Boys and their zombie western movie, Dead 7, and the return of Archer. And yeah, it's the year 2016. <laughs> it is a movie that exists in this year. 2016. It, is, it is an upcoming film. That is, uh, it, that's an actual film because it's being released on April 1st, but it is a legitimate movie. It's yeah. not an April Fool's prank. <laughs> so, Julia, this week you interviewed at least two of the Backstreet Boys. I interviewed two of the Backstreet Boys. I could not get Joey Fatone. Joey's too busy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got stuff going on, but I interviewed uh, Nick Carter and AJ McLean, who uh, were um, great. They were they were they were they were pretty great. Uh, yeah, so I'm, let's just give the rundown. Yeah, yeah, if you guys, yeah. so they're they're making a zombie movie called Dead Seven, right? They're not just making a zombie movie; it's a zombie western movie. Oh, so right. it is, yeah, it's like it is, and 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 it's a sci-fi production. So essentially, mm. if you guys have seen a Sharknado movie, it is the equivalent to that, but with zombies um, and the and the backstreet and the adult backstreet boys i mean they were they were adults when they were the backstreet boys but i think it's safe to say that they are more adult now (laughs) they are definitely more adult um basically so i've seen the movie uh it is an an event it is something it is (laughs) this they're the one of the best parts about the movie is that so it's not just the Backstreet Boys. There's two members from NSYNC. There's somebody from 98 Degrees. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a boy band. The Savage movie. Garden? Are they, are they Savage, the Savage Garden too? No tough. Savage Garden. It's just, yeah. yeah. And th- there's not even like newer boy band members. Like there's no 1D mm-hmm. members. It's yeah. like just pure 90s God. Uh, boy bands. Wow. Which is kind of great. But they, they wrote this theme song for the movie. It's like a title track. Uh, and it of is course. like the greatest throwback to '90s boy bands uh, era, which I, which we all enjoyed, okay. whether we admit it or not. <laughs> uh, so it is like it's the perfect way to open this movie, and you know it's it's not even that it's a bad movie. It's mm-hmm. just it's like and it really the only way to say it, it's a sci-fi movie. It is you know what mm-hmm. it is going into it, just like you know mm-hmm. what Sharknado Four is going to be going into it. Like it's the, it, it's going to be two hours of live tweeting greatness mm-hmm. um, that you will never get back. But <laughs> that is that you I have, should... <laughs> I have one question to start out with. Yes. And that is that I remember being a middle school student. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm slightly older than Julia. Uh, when Backstreet's Back happened. And I, rem- I, I remember watching the music video um on television because there was no youtube and so television was where we watched music videos mm-hmm. um which if if all of y'all have blocked it out or maybe you're young enough that you have no idea what we're talking about um backstreet like the backstreet boys first big music video was all of them in lavish prosthetic makeup as hammer horror villains yeah in a song that had nothing to do with the halloween or spooky junk or anything. I think one of them was actually the Phantom of the Opera. Like, just straight up the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. And and as I... Like, I remember watching this in middle school, and, like, first of all, I was, I was right on the edge of, like, coming to pop cultural awareness 
Um, and so they're singing this song about how Backstreet's back, and I just assumed that like this was not their first album. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they had to come obviously. back from something. Um, and then I like I just remember I remember as a kid being like trying to figure out why this music video was spooky themed and having really having no no answers that were forthcoming at hand and i just want to know it's a zombie movie now like it's a zombie western are there any references to that music video <laughs> is that is there any connection there are tongue-in-cheek references made to a lot of things yeah. uh that is that yeah it kind of gets played up but um not there's never any direct reference to anything it's mm-hmm. just a lot of tongue-in-cheek uh, the f- interesting thing about this movie was that it took Nick Carter nine years to write. Like, he <laughs> he wrote this over the course of nine years, which is fantastic. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, and in between those nine years, like it wasn't like he he was sitting at a desk for nine years and it took him that long. He was he went on he did they did two more world tours as the Backstreet Boys, uh, and I think one of those tours was the New Kids on the Block tour, and then. At the same time, he had crowdfunded on Indiegogo another movie that was like this horror slasher film that got funded, but then the director he was working with died during the production of this movie. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like there, it, there's a crazy backstory to Dead Seven. <laughs> and uh, so this this, direct, this poor director passed away who Nick had worked with before. Um, and so everything landed on nick and he he was telling me in this interview when i was talking to him um on tuesday he said to me you know he realized he had all this responsibility to do with this movie that he wasn't even really sure he wanted to make anymore at that point so he was going through his old scripts and he came across the script that he made for dead seven and he said you know what there's definitely something salvageable here i think we could have a lot of fun with that and so stopped working on midway midway through production stopped working on this slasher movie and started dead seven they filmed dead seven in three weeks um okay which you will totally understand if you watch this movie they filmed it in three weeks basically all day all night kind of scenarios um Mm -hmm. and nick said originally when he approached sci-fi about it, sci-fi was really into the idea of doing the boy band aspect, and Nick wanted to get other actors involved. Nick wanted to mm-hmm. get Lindsay Lohan. He wanted to get Jesse McCartney, but Jesse McCartney turned him down. So I mean, like, yeah, yeah, that like I think that's like Jesse McCartney said no to Dead Seven, but uh, so, but it was during his tour that he approached the members of the Backstreet Boys and other and other boy bands, um, including Joey Fatone and AJ, who are in this movie. And asked them if they'd want to do it, and they were all on board. So what ends up happening is you get this really great movie with all these retired, semi-retired boy band members mm-hmm. uh, who you can't help but see them as that. Like yeah. when I was speaking to AJ, AJ said, "Oh, I hope nobody sees AJ. I just hope they kind of see the character I'm playing." And that never happens. Like you just <laughs> see AJ. It's just like that's AJ on a horse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's that's essentially what I'm watching. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, they, they were all really excited. Like Nick was kind of the guy who wanted to do this. He'd wanted to get into acting for a long time. And, um, his brother and like, he had been on reality shows, like the Carters had a reality show, but he wanted to do his own thing. And he did this. Uh, and so that was how Nick got involved or that's how Nick started it. And then AJ, who has been acting since he was like three or four said that he kind of fell into being a member of the Backstreet Boys. He kind of fell into music and Mm -hmm. he loved it, 
but he always wanted to be an actor. And so for him, it was this idea of like, yeah, I'm going to get into this movie. I'm going to do it. Uh, and now post doing Dead 7, he's, he told me that he is taking, he's got a bunch of meetings set up with talent agencies and for auditions because he wants to continue acting. So AJ McLean is not going anywhere. He's going <laughs> to continue acting in movies. But mm-hmm. the really interesting thing that they both kind of shared an opinion on in regards to the Dead 7, I asked them, I said, do you think you'll ever do anything anymore with the Backstreet Boys? Not that that has anything to do with what we cover on Polygon. That was just to satisfy my no, own curiosity. Like, yeah, yeah. You that, gotta yeah, know. that was just like, like, am I buying tickets? What are we doing, guys? What's happening? And <laughs> they both said that Dead 7, in their opinion, acted as kind of the closing chapter on that era of boy bands. Wow. And yeah, they Nick said, I think that's it. Like, this is, we we did this movie together we got everyone back together for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. But they, he's like, they were, they, they think they're done with it. And, and Nick said he really loved being a backstreet boy. And AJ said that although he enjoyed it, he didn't like the stigma that came with it, mm-hmm. but they both acknowledge that even the boy bands now, which include one direction or five yeah. seconds of summer, they no longer have that stigma of a boy band that they did in the nineties. And so Nick's Nick, really stressed that he goes you watch this movie and you really see our friendship come through but that is the end of an era for all of us what what a what a final chapter a final chapter a western zombie movie (laughs) that took nine years to to basically come to okay so so it's a western and it's a zombie movie but like what is the what is the plot of dead seven is it the magnificent seven but with zombies no, it is oh, okay. I'm gonna. Tr- I'm gonna try to make. I'm sorry. This plot. That idea like just occurred to me right this second, and and okay, I'm good. I'm good. We can continue. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this as as clear as I can. Uh huh. There is a plot. It's difficult to find, <laughs> but there is a plot. Basically, it's post-apocalyptic world as every movie is these days. Okay. Um, and. Basically, yeah. Okay. Basically, Nick Carter is. So we've been like knocked back to old west style technology. Exactly, okay. and and Nick is uh, kind of thrown into this leadership position. He doesn't want to be this hero, but he's kind of thrown into it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and he's got to not only protect his town from the zombies who mm-hmm. have come out of nowhere, but AJ <laughs> and his crew play this like wandering. Uh, gang of miscreants who just come over to try and like steal money from people <laughs> except that in this battle between like good and evil between AJ and Nick Carter and like their groups they mm-hmm. realize that oh shit, there are there are zombies uh, and oh. so they have to take on the zombies so it's they really to band this, together that beautiful friendship I didn't happens. mean for that to be a pun the be- I'm sorry. Yeah, they, yeah they, I'm they, really sorry. Very nice. Cutscene they, listeners. They, they, <laughs> so they do. They they come together. They put aside their differences, which are cleared up in like five seconds, uh, mm-hmm. and they fight these zombies. And it's, um, it's a sci-fi film, so I'm assuming there's a lot of like creative zombie action. There is. There, yeah. There's definitely. <laughs> there's def- that's one way of putting it. Um, there's a lot of moments with AJ on on this horse. And mm-hmm. I just want to specify how great it is, except that during our interview, <laughs> AJ said that while he was riding the horse, because it was super windy when they were filming, uh, he actually mm-hmm. like sustained damage to his eye, like he scraped his retina while riding this horse, uh, because mm-hmm. the wind and the horse was really wild. 
Um, and so he said that was like the most challenging aspect to the movie was riding mm-hmm. this horse, which yeah. again says a lot about the movie. But <laughs> it's yeah, it is it is an experience for those who really like. And I am one of those people for those who really like the Sharknado movies because they are just absolutely terrible. And they include puns like you literally jump the shark when he jumps over a shark. Mm-hmm this movie is going to satisfy all your needs. Like it's, it's something that you should watch either inebriated while tweeting or just tweeting, but it, it's fun. It's super yeah. fun. And like it, it's, it's <laughs> and silly and ridiculous. Um, yeah. It, and it exists. Like the fact that it exists is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely selling me on it. Um, in a, in an, in an, obviously in an ironic way. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's not going to win any. I'm not normally a like watch a watch uh, Sharknado live person. Well, and but. the thing is, they they acknowledge how bad the movie is. Like AJ mm-hmm. and Nick both said, we're not trying to win awards with this. This was just something they wanted to do. They had, yeah, yeah. They were done with touring. They all wanted to make a movie. Nick had this screenplay. They are obviously well known enough. They don't mm-hmm. have to. It, somebody was going to buy it. Yeah. Uh, and so they made this movie. And, like, Nick Carter's wife is in it. And there is the sense... <laughs> one of the only good things about this movie, really, uh, and I mean this, like, legitimately, is that because they're all friends and, and they're all married to each other... Well, not to each other. But they're all <laughs> married and they bring their spouses in. Only in is, fan fiction. Yeah, only in fan fiction. There is this sense of a friendship in the movie that really does come through. Like, they don't have to act. They mm-hmm. genuinely like each other. And AJ said uh, one of the main reasons they did it was because they wanted to basically end rumors that they hated each other Hmm. and so he said we did this movie because we don't hate each other because we have fun with Mm -hmm. with each other and we wanted to do this so i mean like that's fun like if you're if you grew up listening to the backstreet boys or 90 degrees or instinct and you just want to see this happen like that's what this movie is like it was made for you yeah i mean yeah i mean when you put it that way it's like oh no that that does sound like a nice little end chapter on the 1990s boy band era it also does sound very 90s um, yes, and not just because of the people involved. Um, that's yeah. Um, do, you have any, do you have any final any anything else to say about Dead Seven? I I don't think I I don't even, I didn't even know I had this much to say about <laughs> Dead Seven to be honest. Um, well, there's another thing happening this week, um, and that is that Archer is coming back. Oh, I'm um, so excited! <laughs> I'm so excited! I don't, yeah, like I have this relationship with Archer where I I know that I would like it, but I just haven't watched it. Um, because I'm a huge fan of the Venture Brothers, so like, yeah, I should be watching Archer. Um, oh my God, Susanna, you need to start immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, like now, like we'll just end the podcast here. <laughs> Bye, guys. Susanna yeah. needs to watch Archer. But you're going to be doing a lot of our Archer coverage, sort yes. of uh, over the cor- over the. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, like you will have written like two articles and yes. also a review of Dead Seven that you guys should all go check out. Yes. Um, on the site and. Uh, and so Archer is significantly different this season, I believe. For for folks who maybe are not super familiar with Archer, it's uh, H. John Benjamin, I believe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the lead of a a like uh, spoofy spy cartoon show. Yeah, I mean, essentially James Bond, but yeah, like far more vulgar, um, far much more funnier. yeah pop culture references exactly, um, but also like uh, character arcs. And stuff, yes, and that that fun stuff, yes. No. 
Uh, so the first four seasons, for those who are maybe like Susanna, who are interested but never watched it, really brief catch up. First four seasons, they work for this organization called ISIS, which they obviously had to do away <laughs> with. Uh, but they work for this oh, organization dear. called ISIS, which is the spy agency. They don't work with the government, uh, the U.S. government. They work completely on their own. Uh, they're a private company. Uh, Archer and his right-hand woman, uh, partner, female partner, Lana, who's voiced by... Uh, oh, my God, I forget her name right now. It'll come to me later on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they basically it's them two and a group of and a whole bunch of other people running this organization going on these elaborate missions it is hilarious it is by far one of the funniest shows on television right now anyways the fourth first four seasons it's pretty similar like that's what they do the fifth season they changed it they be they they go to miami and they become essentially they become cocaine traffickers okay uh, because the I won't get into how that happens, but that's just how it happens. So the whole fifth season. I mean, I watched is, the Venture Brothers, so like it's so difficult to explain anything on that television. Show. Exactly. So in the fifth season, uh, in the fifth season, it becomes Miami Vice, basically. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's all it is. Uh, then in the sixth season, they go back to being spies again, and now in this season, they are kind of continuing that, but they're moving out to L.A. Uh, it's usually based in New York. They're moving out to LA and they are going to become private investigators, which is super fun because Archer is obsessed with the idea of this private investigator. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what they do. We've gotten access to the first four episodes. So that's what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I won't ruin anything. There won't be any spoilers, but it is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It It is the creator essentially saying, we got bored with what we were doing. We're going to change the direction and although it kind of worked for the archer vice season there were issues with it this one seems to hit the nail on uh the head a lot more mm-hmm. it's just there's the jokes are, are are what they were in the earlier seasons the story arcs for the characters are really great um and archer is really interesting because archer is one of the few characters in a cartoon or even a comedy in general that's allowed to grow as a character like he learns from his mistakes and he grows um as opposed to just doing the same repeated joke over and over again, like you get out of like a Phil Dunphy in Modern Family. This is Archer is allowed to grow, and he grows quite a bit in this season, even while maintaining aspects of him that's that make him the character that he is. There's also a lot of growth from side characters, including Pam, who's one of my favorite, um, and Cheryl. They're really great this season. Um, Cyril, who is one of the more popular characters just because he's ridiculous is really great this season um so there's a lot for archer fans to dig into and it feels like a rejuvenation of the series without it feeling like an entirely new series uh and i really i applaud what they were able to do at least in the first four episodes i thoroughly enjoyed all four of them cool and um and i think i saw something somebody today that they're they're the creators have announced that they're going to continue this format for the show in the next season there's, yeah there's still gonna be private detectives going forward. yeah they it's there's an interesting discussion with adam reed who created the show there's an interesting discussion with him a couple years ago when he did archer vice and he said the great thing about a animated series is that you can do this you can just change what you want to change because you don't have to worry about actors and settings and and all all costumes you only have to worry about what you can get away with mm-hmm. um and 
he he said he told him he and his writers his writing his writing staff all had the same opinion which is that yeah archer was still funny at the fourth season they were still um they were, they were still giving fans what they wanted but it just wasn't giving them any pleasure in writing anymore mm-hmm. it started to feel a little bit old and so they changed it up and i will give adam reed credit when he gets bored he's not afraid to just change things on the fly like he's like cool we're just gonna change direction completely uh and this is something that he wants to do now and i feel like as much as archer vice was an experiment and what they could get away with uh and what fans were willing to sit through this is this feels like they've planned it a little bit longer which is why they're going to continue the theme next season it feels like something that they've been building up to almost because it's been instilled in Archer's character from the beginning that he's obsessed with private eyes. He's obsessed with that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He's um, obsessed. So he's obsessed with Tom Selleck, if I remember obsessed correctly. Obsessed with Tom Selleck, like absolutely obsessed. Uh, and so it's something that makes a lot of sense for the character's progression moving forward. Um, and it feels like they have. It feels like they have essentially seven years of stories that they're now writing up because they've had this idea for so long, as opposed to just saying, "Okay, let's bring them down to Miami." We'll make an Archer Vice season. We'll see how it goes. Uh, this one is going to be... So for people who were a little bit iffy about that season and who are maybe a little bit iffy about this remodel now, I promise you it's much different. It feels much more planned out. The writing is better than it was last season. Um, there's just a lot going on in this new season that I think people are going to really enjoy if they've stuck with the series. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds really cool. I should. I know. I, sh- I absolutely know that I should watch Archer. I've watched a bit of it. <laughs> I've watched the Bob's Burgers crossover episode. Oh, so good. I really <laughs> want them I really want them to bring the Bob's Burgers crew somehow into Archer, but I yeah. don't know how that would work. I mean, they yeah, they I don't know if they can do it now cuz the private investigation, it's going to be based in LA, but they could have done it before. They didn't. Yeah. yeah but my, yeah, it's super great. Yeah, my fan relationship with H. John Benjamin's voice is an interesting one because I I first encountered him as a voice actor in Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. um, where he plays a character who appears in a different form every time he shows up. Um, like, he appears as, like, a three-headed dog and as, like, one of the main character's ex-wife. And then as Santa Claus in an episode, um, and then so then to also like watch Bob's Burgers, where like and the thing about H. John Benjamin is that he's always doing the same voice, like he just yes. has the one voice, and that's fine. But it means that every time you watch him and like ho- ho- however you imprint on H. John Benjamin's voice, sort of becomes where what you hear in the next show that you watch him in. Yes. Um, so, like, I, I, you know, I have friends who imprinted on him in home movies or friends that imprinted on him in Bob's Burgers or in Archer. Um, and for me, it's like, oh, oh, that's the guy who's the master in Venture Brothers. And the interesting thing about his voice is because he's so well known for his voice acting, mm-hmm. watching him act, although he's fine. Yeah. Uh, watching him act is the most disturbing thing in the world. And yeah. it's nothing against his skills. It's just like, oh my God, there's a face attached to his voice. <laughs> so if for anybody who watched at least the first two episodes of the um, uh, Wet Hot American Summer Netflix's series where mm-hmm. he is, he plays the vo- he's the voice of a can, but in the first two episodes, <laughs> he's, he's human. Like he's an actual person. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And it is the most disorienting thing in the world because you're watching it. And for me, his voice will always be at Archer. Uh, and I'm watching it and I'm going, this is weird. I can't watch. I can't watch you. I can't watch yeah. you be a real person because you're not. Yeah. You're just 
your your character, I your feel, cartoon. Yeah, I feel the same when I'm, whenever I see videos of Mark Hamill doing the voice of the Joker. Oh yeah, I'm just like, no, like that. Please stop. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and he's so good as the Joker, though. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's so um, good. We, we've wandered off topic. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't know what else to say about Archer. <laughs> there is, yeah, like, there's, that's the thing is, like, I wish, I don't want to give away spoilers, because mm-hmm. I know yeah. that, not that it's a show that, not that it's, like, uh, Breaking Bad or True Detective, where you would be spoiling something big. No, but no. But still, there's, there's jokes that are yeah. going to be, that are really funny um, for people who've seen the series. Archer is just... Archer recently has gotten a lot of credit. I mean, it kind of the first couple seasons, Archer's one of those shows that actually is really interesting because the first couple seasons aired on FX to a very cult audience, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a very cult audience. And then it really found its audience on Netflix mm-hmm. where people were binging it. And it was like, what is this show that is on Netflix? Uh, and it, it just became a thing. And even now, I know tons of people even now are like, are you watching Archer live at all? And they're like, no, we'll just wait for the entire season to be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are excited for Archer season seven who aren't going to watch it till next year because that's when it will be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because that's where its audience is. It's not something that people are going to tune in week after week really excited for. Most people. It's not something most people are going to tune in week after yeah. week for. Um and I almost feel like most of the seasons do fare better being binged, which I don't say about many series, but it's mm-hmm. one of those series where Archer definitely works. If you're going to watch all, I think it's 12 or 13 episodes at once, like just watch them all at once. Um, but it's, yeah, like I, th- I think as a longtime Archer fan, I was really concerned going into this season um, that it was not going to be very great because of archer vice which i again enjoy just not as much uh and it adam reed it's like it's safe mm-hmm. he's done good work his writers have done excellent work the voice the actors are like they're fine they've always been great um the situations are just as ludicrous and r- r- ridiculous as ever but it works uh, and yeah, and for those who are big Cyril fans, like I'm a huge Cyril fan, which I know means nothing to you yet, Susanna, but it will. <laughs> Cyril's so great. And for those who are really big Cyril fans, like he is so good in this season. So, so Archer premieres Friday. Is that the 31st? It premieres the 31st. Okay. Thursday. Thursday. Tomorrow. Yeah. So Archer premieres Thursday and Dead 7 is, Dead, the review of Dead 7 is going to be up on Friday. When is it airing on Sci-Fi? On Friday. <laughs> it is the best April Fool's. Like, in the, it's real. The, even during the interview, Susanna, even during mm-hmm. the interview, I was like, yo, guys, this is legit, right? Like, I'm not oh, wasting yeah. my time. Oh, man, I like, just, no, no. I forgot, like, like uh, I did that whole intro for the podcast, and I didn't mention that it was April Fool's. <laughs> oh, boy, no, guys, this podcast is not an April Fool's joke. Um, I'm sorry, I should have said at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, I started talking about the Backstreet Boys making a zombie Western movie. Like, I hope none of you noped out of this. <laughs> nope. That was it. That was it. They were done. <laughs> They're like, oh, God it. Cutscene's doing a dumb April Fool's podcast. <laughs> God <damn> them. <laughs> no. Oh, and it's just a real for people. Movie. For people listening, uh, still listening to us <laughs> laugh with each other, um, they just what there have been a couple of people who have reached out on Twitter saying they really enjoyed the Batman v Superman ep- uh, episode, mm-hmm. and thank you so much. That yeah. really means a lot to both Susanna and I. We love doing this. Susanna especially, she gets to talk about <laughs> Batman. 
Like we're yeah, good. I mean, um, yeah, pretty much. So we both we just I just want to say thank you on behalf of both of us for reaching out. We love hearing from everybody, um, and we'd love to keep in touch with you guys on yeah. Twitter and whatever. Yeah, tweet us anytime. Um, and uh, for now, we'll wrap up the podcast where we tell you all about all the ways you can contact us. <laughs> it's uh, it's some good synergy there. <laughs> it's a nice, nice little flow. All right. That's it for today's podcast. We'll see you again next week. Cutscene is produced by Dave Tack. Got questions or comments for us? Hit us up by email at cutscene at polygon.com. For more episodes of Cutscene, go to polygon.com slash cutscene. For more Polygon, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you have a moment, like and review us on iTunes. It really helps. Serial... Okay, no, sorry, never mind, I zoned out. We'll clip the thing that I just said because I thought you were saying I thought you were saying serial like the podcast. Oh yeah, no, that'd be great. <laughs> no, until you were like, oh, he's so great in this season. I was like, wait, she mentioned a character named Cyril earlier. <laughs> she's not. She's probably not talking about that thing. Cool. Boom. Yeah. Podcast done.